and welcome to PCTY Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson. During our time together, we'll stay close to the news and info you need to succeed as an HR pro. And together, we'll explore topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, and real-life HR situations we face every day. Okay, let's jump right in. I'm really excited about our topic today. We have two very special guests with us to talk about uh, wellness from a holistic perspective. We've already talked about financial wellness this season with Andy. And so uh, without further ado, Lauren Rivera-Hare, one of our HR business partners, is on the line. Lauren, maybe you could share a little bit about your background with our listeners. Happy to do so, Sherry. So as she said, my name is Lauren Rivera-Hare, and I'm an HR business partner here at Paylocity. Um, It's been three years now, and I support our implementation operations group. So I started as an HR generalist, kind of went down the specialty path through workers' comp and HR compliance and legal, got a master's in law, but you know, as we all know, HR is way more fun. So now I'm back in HR as an HR business partner and absolutely thrilled to be here. Lauren, I'm so glad to have you on the episode. Our other guest today is Jess Serafin. She's a benefits program specialist. Jess, would you share a little bit about your background? Hi, yes, and thanks for having me, Sherry. Um, Well, I've been at Paylocity for four years in a benefit programs uh, lean, making sure that we've got the right programs in place and benefits and perks for our employees. Uh, But I historically come from an HR generalist background, have been in HR for almost 15 years now. I'm passionate about making people love where they work and, you know, getting all of the wonderfulness of HR communicated to everyone in the company so they love where they work, they know where they work, work and what's available to them. I love it. Jess and I just actually finished uh, a webinar just a few minutes ago. So uh, I'm sure we will bring in some of that content. And if you're listening and you're interested, uh, that webinar was around wellness and it'll be up on our website and I will include a link in our show notes. Um, so let's dive in. Lauren, I want to start with you. You recently launched a stress reduction program within the business that you support. And I'd love for you to share you know, kind of like, how was that your brainchild? How did you execute it? And how has it evolved since you started it? Awesome. Yes, I am excited to share this um, program with all of you guys. Basically, you know, thinking about the direction that 2020 was taking, you know, last year, I can't believe it's last year already. Um, there was a lot a lot happening in the world, a lot happening in the country. And, you you know, you can see the impact when you have that HR view um, to be able to see how it's impacting the organization. Mental health um, was becoming a more prominent issue. People are, you know, stressed out um, with work, managing kids, the pandemic, all these things. So like any good HR professional, we always try to think of what can we do to help? What can we do to help support the business and, you know, make an impact? So, initially my idea was trying to think of ways to have our top performing employees share some of their ideas on how they um, get through their busy times year end for example so that's where that idea started and as I kind of thought through it more and more it broadened a bit so I worked with our VP of implementation and we talked through some ideas and I decided hey beyond just the employees helping each other, 
What about like stress management? Because in addition to helping each other with things like workload, um, maybe like just giving general stress management tips would be helpful too, to help people manage the stress of the pandemic and everything else. Having the VPs support in this was probably a very critical piece of this because in order to kind of roll this program out, I needed that business support and buy-in so they could trickle it down to their people. So in terms of the execution, uh, I took inspiration from YouTube influencers. And so I make a post every Tuesday in our implementation community group, and they contain different topics. So every week, um, I'll pick a topic. So this week was just about focus and the Pomodoro technique and things like that. And there's also other times where I'll have employees record vid grids and we post those videos to community. So again, the idea there was to be able to leverage our products in a way to support the business. So it's been a huge success. Lauren, what what outcomes have you seen in the organization? I'm, I'm curious if uh, if you had an ROI that you're working against or, um, or some other metric that you're kind of measuring the impact of this program. So talking about the positive outcomes that this program has had, um, well, you know, since it was kind of a grassroots kind of effort and just kind of started with this small idea, I think that's actually going to be phase two of this project is putting together metrics and determining the success outcomes and things like that. Um, I'm actually going to be using our surveys tool to send out a survey to all of our employees in implementation to gather some feedback and some data around, you know, the impact to them and how it worked. I will say though, that I've had employees come up to me just randomly and just send me a message on teams, um, saying things like this program is amazing. We're so glad that, um, we work for a company that values mental health and, you know, all these tips and tricks and techniques have been awesome, especially that we have other employees involved I have employees that are now coming up to me and asking to be a part of it. Like they want to record something. They want to share their stress management, best tips and tricks with everybody else, which is just amazing. And to me, it makes the entire program worth it. I love, I love that. I love the anecdotal evidence that you're already seeing. Um, you know, Jess and I just, like I said, we just did this webinar. And one of the things that we talked about was um, this employee positivity factor um, so I'm going to switch over to you, Jess, and, and maybe have you expand a little bit on that um, and then elaborate um, for you and your experience, you know, why is mental health or holistic health so important right now when uh, working with employees and designing different programs? Absolutely. So to give you guys um, some context about the employee positivity factor, it's really a way to gauge effectiveness and the return on investment or ROI of wellness programs um, when you're trying to, you know, assess that and get some metrics and data on it. We like to think of ROI in terms of dollars. For every dollar I put in for something, how many dollars am I going to get back? But what multiple studies of wellness and large-scale studies, studies that studied over 600,000 employees involved in wellness programs, what's been found is that some programs, like disease management, may have a larger ROI in terms of dollars 
for every dollar you spend, you get $4 back typically with these type of plans. But then for uh, lifestyle management, so some of the things we're talking about right now, mental wellness, stress reduction, when you look at those plans, for every dollar you spend, you get about 50 cents back. So how can you argue that the effort is needed and and necessary there to implement those programs? And that's where employee positivity factor comes up. So employee positivity factor is really a way to describe and almost measure uh, these impacts uh, of what happens when an employee is engaged. So we have found that uh, when you implement these lifestyle management programs for people that they're more engaged. And because they're more engaged, you see a direct correlation in increased sales, increased customer service experience. They spread their positivity around to their other employees. They just create a general sense of happier employees around them. So the employee positivity factor is really important when you're thinking about the return on investment for wellness programs. So that employee positivity factor really becomes important when you think about ways to influence that. And mental health is probably one of the most uh, impactful ways of impacting the employee positivity factor. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about mental health wellness programs. So mental health can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people. And I think it's important to not just think, you know, one facet of mental health is what you want to, uh, you know, focus on. You don't want to just think, oh, if I give people maybe tips on how to re- reduce it, I have filled my quota of, of mental health wellness. There are so many things about mental health that you can target. And since everyone's different, what's important to them is different. So there are mental health uh, wellness programs uh, that center on anxiety and depression. So there are things that you can implement where people get professional services either for free or reduce cost so they can get their true, you know, medical mental health issues addressed. Um, There's also things that you can do to help people target sleep habits. So I I mentioned this on the other uh, webinar we did, Sherry, but I think if you ask someone on the street, what is sleep hygiene? Nobody would really know what you're talking about, but sleep hygiene is really important. It's the habits, it's the tools, it's the behaviors that you build into your day to make sure you get a restful night's sleep. And sleep is so important. So one of the biggest ways, one of the most important ways to impact this employee positive uh, factor to have employees be engaged is to invest in programs, whether through time, effort, energy, money, uh, that do target mental health and the whole mental health picture, uh, because it's really going to help your employees feel more centered, feel more present, and it has so many positive impacts. Jess, what changes have you seen uh, basically coming out of 2020 on like the mindset shift when we're thinking about benefits for 2021 and potentially 2022, um, because we might have missed, you know, that enrollment period for you to work with your broker to implement some of these new benefits. But where, where do you see things trending? That's a great question. And honestly, it's mental health. So they're talking about mental health being the second pandemic. The first one, obviously, being COVID. And then the effects that it has on people, loneliness, you know, being disengaged. Um, All our lives got thrown, you know, 
completely in disarray. And so how do we pick up the pieces? Uh, Some people might have a hard time empathizing with that. They think I'm someone who can handle change and this has been okay. I actually consider myself someone who is very adaptable. um, And I finally started struggling with this new reality maybe about a month ago. So I think employers have to understand, number one, even if they themselves or the people around them seem to be doing okay and coping with this change, not everyone around them is is in the same bucket. And so therefore finding programs in 2021 or 2022 to truly address the mental health challenges that people are experiencing, whether it be loneliness, whether it be increased pressure because children are now at home when you're working from home, whether it's because you suddenly become a caretaker for someone who became ill, whether it's due to COVID or because COVID change the plans of caretaking for this individual. There are so many things that are impacting people's mental health right now. And I truly believe that employers can't shy away from that and not look at that being the number one way to positively impact their employees. I appreciate your vulnerability to talk about your own journey the last month. Uh, It's been something that's been near and dear to my own heart. I think um, as HR professionals, and, and I have a question for you, Lauren, that I'm going to pose in a second here, but uh, as HR professionals, benefit professionals, payroll, you know, anybody that's in this role, not only are we managing the idea of creating programs like this, having a better understanding, keeping ourselves educated, we're navigating something we've never had to navigate before. And oh, on top of that, let's talk about our own mental health and stress, um, especially if you know, you're somebody who has a high discretionary effort in your role, which I know I do. And the women on the call that I'm with definitely do. So, uh, Lauren, this question's for you as a, as an HR business partner, um, struggling with, you know, everything that you're going through supporting your employees, what advice do you have to other HR professionals on, uh, either managing it or being transparent about what they're going through? Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's just what Jess said just now just resonated so deeply. And, um, I'm someone, and I'm an open book about it, um, that I struggle with physical disabilities, with endometriosis, with multiple, um, mental health issues myself as well, in addition to having a three-year-old at home. So I can definitely empathize and understand, you know, what our employees are going through because I'm feeling it myself. So the advice that I have and things that have really helped me, uh, number one, it was actually doing the stress management series that reminded me that I also have to take care of myself because if I don't take care of myself, I'm not going to be able to help take care of the business and everybody else. So um, looking into these stress management tips and trying to integrate them into my life has been just a huge difference. I've been getting into journaling um, more often. I'm using our equilibrium apps. Like I'm doing a lot of this stuff myself, so I can kind of practice what I preach. Um, and as well as talking, you know, even with HR about flexibility, if that's something that you need that would work for you, um, flexibility in your role or the hours you work or things like that. Just think a little bit about differently about how we work. And try to think about these things for yourself because it's so important to make sure that you're also taking care of yourself in addition to the business. I appreciate you sharing for you to think about the resources yourself. Um, I kind of I kind of hate the expression, but it's so true being like the shoemaker's children. You know, we're always rolling out programs and checking in our employees and um, we never remember to be like, oh, oh, wait, I have access to that benefit as well. And 
oh, wait, I need to advocate for my own resources because um, we're just so focused on others, which is a really great trait we all have. But when it comes down to it, we need to keep our cups full. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to give um, out to our employees, out to our business and our organizations. Jess, as you've rolled out some of these programs uh, over the last few months here, what have you seen been the most impactful with the remote workforce? That's a great question. So we're lucky that before the chaos of 2020, I'll say, um, like many other employers, we had already had our budget set for what 2020 benefit programs would look like, what benefits and perks we would have. So we partnered with our medical provider, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Through them, we got access to a few different programs that would address different diseases or lifestyle, um, I guess, challenges. One was Naturally Slim, um, which is a program that helps people focus on the behaviors of eating. So not telling you what to eat, but giving you rules and guidance on how, because that's really where they think, you know, the big bang for your buck is. Um, there were also programs that targeted people with diabetes. Um, another program that targeted people with um, muscular skeletal problems, where people who typically go to physical therapy or consider uh, even surgery, this would give them a different option. And then last but not least, family planning. And so we're really lucky that these programs were in place already and are fully expected to be remote programs, meaning these aren't programs in which we get professionals to come into our office. These are things that employees take on their own that do on their own. I did the Naturally Slim program and I found success in it. It has permanently changed the way I have a relationship myself to food. Um, I think Lauren is saying here that she's, <laughs> I see Lauren here saying agreeing. It just makes you think about how you do that, how you, you know, how you, your relationship with food and how you, you you go about your day with it. And so the program has been great uh, because you could do it remotely. But on top of that, we have our community product. And on community, I started a naturally slim page. And so anyone, I invited anyone, hey, are you doing naturally slim? Join this. Let's talk about what works. I knew some people would be embarrassed and probably wouldn't do it. I'm shameless. I had no problem doing it. And we built a little community there of people egging each other on in a really positive way. Um, we did a lot of talking about the Hinge Health program. Um, so I communicated on it regularly in different groups on community to try and find the most wide-based groups, you know, where I can reach the most people. And actually Hinge Health and Naturally Slim both told me that they've never gotten the percentage of employees to participate as we have. And I directly uh, attribute that to, to community because the only difference between myself and other employers is we used it. So what if I found successful? I would say I'm lucky that we had these in place before 2020 came in and changed some plans. And I'm lucky that these programs that were disease and lifestyle programs were able to target things that are important to people but also have a true impact. And I'm really grateful that we had community in place because even though people weren't in the office, I'm able to talk to them, people that I don't even know. I'm able to say like, hey, you're in this office typically, or you like this kind of group. You're in a workout fitness group on community. Did you know we had this? Are you aware of it? Hey, come join me. We're talking about it over here. I like that you shared uh, that we use a tool internally we call community. It's part of our product offering um, but it's really, I mean, it's the same thing as your company intranet, or maybe you're using an ancillary service where you have uh, Microsoft Teams channels or so stuff like that. Um, the concept is the same, though. Uh, you know, think about uh, Facebook groups that you belong to, the random strangers that you get, you know, motivation from. It's just a way to bring that in-house and have a little... Um, 
I think you put it just egging each other on in a good way, in a positive way to help uh, move each other forward. So, um, so last question for you both as you think about uh, heading into 2021, uh, what are your own personal goals as you think about health and wellness that uh, you'd like to share with the audience? That's a great question. And, you know, they always talk about New Year's resolutions and I don't generally do them because I feel like I never see them through. But this year is an exception because it's funny because it's tied to everything that we're talking about. And that realization I had as I put together the stress management program of needing to be better about integrating some self-care. So I actually am like structuring some goals around ways that I can continue for the rest of the year, not just the next month or two, to continue to use these stress management techniques um, throughout the year and to continue to utilize them. So that's my personal goal for 2021. And for me, um, I would say I'm, I'm going to start with the one that actually Paylocity is doing for its employees because Cheryl came up with it on a call when we were discussing wellness and I love it. And it made me realize I got to go back to basics. So I'm going to focus on remembering how to build effective habits. I know I'm like, a lot of people are like, tomorrow, tomorrow I will eat more vegetables and I will make sure to go to the gym for four hours every day and I will lose X amount of pounds by, I know, I know that we've done that all in our lives. So I just want to go back to the basics and I'm going to spend some time making sure I know how to build effective, healthy habits um, that resonate with me. Um, when I had mentioned earlier that I just realized in the last month that this, uh, you know, lockdown and lack of, you know, uh, socializing, socializing as we knew it before has finally gotten to me. I started journaling gratitude things, which if you would have told me six months ago, do that. It's good for you. I'd have been like, mm, yeah, no thanks. But I did it a few nights as I was watching TV with my husband. I'm like, hey, actually, there's a lot to be happy about. So I just got to focus on these things so that I'm going to continue doing. And last but not least, I'm a huge advocate of this. I got into Huga recently and Huga is a Danish concept of, uh, it's really a way of life that says, be comfortable, feel safe. Don't feel bad about indulging yourself in the things that make you, like the little things in life that make you happy. And there's also some concepts of huga. I hope I'm not getting it wrong, that talk about be prepared for winter. So my family has invested a lot of effort and some money into having the appropriate winter clothing. I've put a lot more blankets and made my house a lot cozier, and I've made the spaces that I spend time in visibly and aesthetically more appealing and comfortable for me. And I'm hoping to lean into that throughout the year. So I make sure I'm as outside as often as I can be despite weather and that I enjoy the inside when I'm inside. I love that tip about enjoying the inside when you're inside. I feel like that should be all of our mantra right now. Like how can we make our inside better? So uh, Jess and Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a great discussion. Uh, I'm excited about what we have to offer in benefits over the next few years here. Uh, but for those listening, I encourage you to think about supporting your employees holistically and really leaning into mental health in 2021. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Paylocity, a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.